Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Okay. Where were we here? What I was trying to say is that um, when the Illuminati is confronted with, um, and that's what they were confronted with, because they had this agenda to, uh, you know, finally start shifting European culture to the Americas and build an industrialized society. That's what America is supposed to be, the most industrialized society in, in the world. And I've talked about the uh, agenda to do that, Going back to at least the time of Plato, based on the uh, book by Manley Hall called uh, America's Secret Destiny. You can also see that in uh, the book by uh, Albert Pike called uh, The New Atlantis by Francis Bacon. Um, William Shakespeare. Uh, that, there's a theory about that, yeah, but anyway. So, I mean, they're going to shift the culture over here, and so they're going to be confronted with the old culture, which in some respects is superior, in other respects it's inferior. It's kind of like comparing apples and oranges. Because I would not say it's superior. I would not say that. You know, and so, but they could, the, the European people, and I have to say the ones that came over here first, were all Satanists. I've talked about this before. You had to be in a position of privilege to get over here, as far as like coming over and being pilgrims or uh, Puritans. Those people were posers. They've done this all through history. They pose as people. That's what they're doing the Salem witch trials. You know, it's child's play. And the number one thing that Satanists like to, you know, quote unquote, dress up as is guess what? A Christian. Because it sends people in the in the other direction in their thinking. Because on the surface level, you say, "Well, this person's a Christian." You know what I mean? So it's the principle of the big lie. They create a lie that's so big it's harder to to believe this could be true. You're trying to say that these good Christian men and women are actually Satanists. You see that? They know how the human mind works. This is the best technique, you see, to create the opposite of what is true, because they know the average person cannot embrace the opposite. They can only go so far. They cannot embrace extreme realities. This is why they can't listen to this show. <laughs> That's all we ever talk about. Because they created um, normalcy, false normalcy. So anyway... They could do this. It's, uh, I'm talking about mass genocide because who they who are they accountable to down there in South and Central America? Nobody. So they just went and just slaughtered these societies, you see. And they just uh, the Jesuits just grabbed everything. But what I want to point out is that don't think for a second that they were destroying this stuff. 
Yeah. I'm not saying they didn't destroy anything, but they were shipping it back to Europe, man. Oh, no kidding. And who knows what else, because, see, in my view, you have to acknowledge they've got, uh, they're linked up with the subterranean uh, civilization. And a good indicator for this is you'll notice, if you look at these people's traditions around the world, that after these cataclysms, they're approached by the quote-unquote gods. And the gods help them. You know what I mean? They teach them how to um, restructure their society at every at every level. You know what I mean? And Christians just ignore this. They say, well, we don't believe in this, because it doesn't fit into their reality. All they have is demons, you see. So even the Christians don't think it was demons. They, just, they, they think um, that a lot of this paganism is just a bunch of gobbledygook. They don't take it seriously. Or they're just stories from the devil. The devil manufactured these things, you know. <clears throat> It's really sad because um, there are some uh, huge areas that are just glaring that Christians have contributed almost nothing at a significant level intellectually. And people need to realize this. You cannot trust the Christianity to tell you the truth about history because, you know, because we have this mentality, well, he's not a Christian. Well, so what? <laughs> what are you going to do, go with what the Christians say all the time? Because we already know they're, com- they're, they're clueless basically, about conspiracies, and they can't even see conspiracies that have to do with Christianity. And if you have any basic common sense, they should be everywhere. And the reason is, is because the devil is always conspiring against God's people. So now you just add one more factor that's going to fry the Christian brain. He's actually using human beings, Dave. Oh, my God. Satan is working through human beings? Well, that would mean that he's he's working through Satanists to destroy Christianity. Oh, my God. But do Christians believe that? No. They don't even talk about it. So we have to come up with theories about why Christians are so stupid. And that's what we do. God made them stupid. It's a punishment. So that's what they were doing is this mass genocide, just destroying everything because they're trying to get rid of the knowledge. And they were doing the same thing in Europe. With the guitar. You got some uh, bad noise coming out of your end. Yeah, I can't hear you. Sorry about that. Okay. And, uh, but basically, you know, in past history, everybody's more advanced. They may not be dramatically more advanced. I'm just saying, you know, the, the Romans and Greeks were more advanced than what we've been told. And sometimes it's 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 the it's the uh, the elite within those cultures that are more advanced. You see, like um, you know Caesar, Nero, whatever. They had amazing ability to invent a single thing because they would throw the um, the power of the empire into building one machine, not not duplicating it, because they didn't have um, a kind of industry. But, I mean, the, the emperors had all the power, and they had this big ego, and they were demanding everything, and uh, they glorified the emperor. It's like, build me this machine, you know what I mean? And I'm saying that they built some incredible stuff at least one time, and there was no copy of it, you know what I mean? 
And you don't hear people talking about this. I'm absolutely convinced this kind of thing on went on, and so that that alone would would tell you that these um, they were more advanced than we give them credit for. You know. But as a general rule, the commoners they didn't have access to these kind of things. You know what I mean? For instance, when you go in these Egyptian tombs, and there's evidence that they had some kind of lighting, because there's no evidence of of uh, of smoke. That doesn't tell you that they were using this kind of thing all through Egypt. It was the elite priesthood that had access to kind of. They didn't give it to the people. They kept it away from them too. They don't tell you that on the History Channel. They will get that far and say that they has some kind of a, what we call artificial lighting, you know. So I wanted yeah, to get I- that. Uh, I wanted to get that out though about the uh, the American Indian stuff and what was going on there because you don't hear about that much. So, well, uh, this this woman who I was telling you about, her last name, they take the name of the order, and uh-huh. the order it's it's like yeah yeah it's spelled to where it's like Y W a h o o or something it's like yahweh who you know i mean obviously it's and they talk about they talk about jesus i mean it's amazing they talk about him they talk about I'm, jesus. I'm, so I'm, oh yeah oh, oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. um they talk about the things he taught and they talk about how he's going to come back and yeah i mean the, the, and a lot of this stuff in this book, I mean, I've considered whether or not it's theological propaganda, because it's it's very, like, uh, new agey, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but but at the same time, it's, there's nothing in there that I've found that I can dispute, I mean, not that it's, like, infallible, but it's just pretty interesting as a resource to understand about energies and healing and uh, right action teaching. You know, one of the things is she talks about is not putting a charge to, you know, like an emotional charge to just relationships. I mean, it's practical stuff, but uh, it's also historical. I mean, that's where I saw that little dial. I don't know if I've mentioned that to you, but I don't think you have. It kind of um it's called the echo calendar and it's a it's a circle and it's split up into fifty two year increments. Uh huh. And, and there's uh yeah, I'm not sure it's hundred percent accurate, but it seems like I mean it's pretty detailed that's why you think it would be. But but it she talks about like basically it's cut it's not cut in half, but there's like Nine of the slices were were the heaven on earth, and then when the conquistadors and it was like I, I imagined it was like a gradual devolution, not just uh-huh. like heaven, 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 and then all of a sudden hell, you know, but that the cycle turns and then since since they were basically like raped of their culture, um, that they've been going through and it's been getting worse and worse. This hell. Um, 
and then, but then the cycle will go again, you know. So, but it's about a thousand years, you know, in age. It's a little bit more. That's why I was kind of curious about the, your reckoning when it comes to the zodiac and the, the age being, you know, a thousand years. I mean, how did you conclude that? Well, there is evidence of a, uh, a Hebrew zodiac that uh, has the great year of twenty-four thousand years. But what you do is, a, is a, you don't. Well, you don't have to be a deep conspiracist, you know. Um, if you, you know, here's here's a brief view. You look up at the at the night sky, and all the stars are moving. That tells you that they're all fake. And so, because nobody's talking about this, that means that we're living in a system of control. Okay, so now you look around. And you start applying this to what you've been told about our reality. Okay, so um, they tell you that um, the length of the great year was, you know, 25 or 26,000 years long. Ask yourself this question. Why are you going to believe that? Right. Well, because they've done the math and the procession of the equinox. <laughs> Earth and, uh, uh-huh. and as the math works. They're Masons, though. I mean, like that, uh, the guy that explains the great year um, pretty convincingly, uh, I can't remember his name now, but he was on the higher side chats. He was on, he was doing kind of a circuit for a while, but he's a okay, geologist. Okay, well, I listened to that. He's a geologist. I think I might have listened big, to the show. He's a big bearded guy, uh, uh-huh. pretty jolly guy. Pretty interesting. I mean, it's, Definitely. I think I listened to that show. I just don't remember anything about it. <laughs> well, he he explains through sacred geometry and math, and he. Mm-hmm. I watched. I went and looked at a bunch of his videos, and he goes and basically like explains the whole cosmology according to you know what we presently are being told. You know, and he doesn't hide the fact that he's a mason. I mean, he he's he's. Openly Masonic, <laughs> but uh, I mean, he he's a student of symbolism. I thought it was interesting. Started talking mm-hmm. about a lot of symbols and stuff. But man, the 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 Masons, when it comes to the simple fact that they're venerating Lucifer, I just it's like, what the heck? Are you you're serious? Well, openly. Like it's not. A, it's like you, you listen to what they say, and I was like kind of dazzled by a lot of these. It's just information, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you come to find out that they're like, um, well, you know, he's the one who brought the knowledge, and he's a pretty great guy, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and when people talk about that, they're. I mean, as far as I know, they're talking about uh, a Freemasonic work called Morals and Dogma. They hear quite a bit about by. Uh, Albert Pike. Albert Pike. I think yeah. maybe one. T- I don't know. I've got that book. I'm trying to remember how many times he uses the word Lucifer in there, but um, I was going to say maybe he only uses it once, but I I don't. I think he uses it more than once. But uh, that's what people are usually referring to because they will use different, different terminology for their god, you know. But I mean, I absolutely believe. That uh, if you're talking about a male god, and without the mention of a female, then that's it's, it's some kind of a lower form of esotericism. And uh, a simple way to figure this out, because the way that you can figure out things that have to do with the esoteric is look for redundancy. Because what I'm saying over and over again 
if people will listen, is that we we can't be certain about any of these things. But when we start to see redundant patterns form, then we know we're on the right track. And sure enough, if you know where to look, was actually everywhere, there's a consistent pattern, although it's, it's veiled deliberately, of concealing uh, a feminine being, a hidden goddess. And they actually do this in Freemasonry. See, I've talked about this recently. I might even talked about this. I might have even talked about this with you. Okay. Uh, I, I listened to you talk to the the Mason gentleman who um, you're, you're not friends with on Facebook. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I talked about that then. Uh, I listened to I listened to the podcast. Hmm. Well, that was an old yeah. one. Yeah, you talked about you guys were talking about the feminine. The That's about a five-hour uh, long call on. Uh, it, that's in room two on iTunes, but not in the room. I two. really found that guy interesting. I mean, I wonder, I wonder what his thinking is. I mean, as far as I don't know. I mean, I'm of the opinion that nobody knows everything, and so we're all just kind of like basically meeting up and hey this is what I know and mm-hmm. I mean maybe well, my, others my, my opinion more is we're still others. trying to recover from the uh the the mid the medieval era when they that's one of the that's when they stole a lot of knowledge from us you see and, and we can't recover we have to have god restore it supernaturally they're sitting on so too much. On that we, topic, we simply can't get it back. We can't get it back. How are we going to get it back? Okay, so there's. Um, I was trying to think of where, where I, I've kind of formed an idea in my mind of of this servant, um, and part of what you're talking about the Davidic yeah. servant. Yeah, yeah. And that's. Did you know that that's what they call him in Mormonism? That's one of his names, yeah. Mighty and strong, you know. He's the mm-hmm. the prince. Um, well, he's what the they're script- doing, they're basing that upon the servant songs in, in the Book of Isaiah. That's what scholars call them, the servant songs. That's why they call them that. Yeah, the, those, there's those servant songs are complex, just like the messianic um, psalms that I referred to on the previous podcast. Messianic psalms have to do with both the heavenly Christ and the earthly Messiah. I mean, but not necessarily every scripture. Like, you know, like Psalm 110, the last verse. I don't see how that could possibly apply to a heavenly Christ, but it does to the earthly one because he's he's in the midst of a battle and he's fatigued and he's refreshing himself with water from a a brook. What the heck does that have to do with the heavenly Christ? I mean, come on. You know what I mean? You know, when people get back to in the corner, they you know what they do? They spiritualize the text. And I say, well, it has this, here's what it means, Dave. You know, you're trying to take it literally. Well, you could do that about anything. <laughs> Just spiritualize the text and come up with a meaning, you know. Oh, okay. And that's right, what people right. do all through history, you know. And the Illuminati does that too, by the way, through propaganda. You know, and people swallow it up. You know? Well, oh, yeah, go ahead with you what know. you're saying there. <clears throat> Um, I, there's a author you may do a little looking into this guy. Um, he's written many books about this Davidic servant. He was um, he was excommunicated from the LDS Church. He's a he's a Jew. He was actually in, 
training to be a rabbi um, in, in, you know, Jerusalem and uh, ended up converting to Mormonism and then ended up like uh, getting kicked out of it. And then they well, get, isn't that interesting? It, you see, because Mormonism has this odd Hebraic aspect to it. It's kind of covert. The Christianity absolutely does not have, unless it's Messianic Jewish. Oh yeah, the there's um there's the temple aspect, the initiatories and the different um some different things that are in it. I mean, there's definite symbolism that you can say it's masonic and it is, but there's also symbols that carry over. Um well, there's actually an overlap between Freemasonic symbolism and ancient Hebrew ideas and concepts and at least some symbolism, in my opinion. Yeah. Because those symbols, symbols are, are simply ancient. Yes. Just simply ancient. Yeah, and they're being... I was talking to my wife about this the other day. They're just being stolen and, and flipped around on us, but they have power. I mean, they have... And that's why. But uh, well, Before you go, you go into this, I want to say something uh, about this real quick. Um, I've been working on a theory. I don't think about it too much. And it's difficult to prove. That what we call Freemasonry was actually a usurping of an esoteric, we'll call it Christian um, stream of knowledge in Southern Europe, prim- primarily like, well, I think it was over in Bulgaria and Romania, and I think it was also in, like in Southern France and uh, other places as well. But uh, they were using symbolism, like Freemasonry. And they were putting in what's called watermarks. I've talked about this before. And they were communicating a lot of these these concepts that you'll find in Freemasonry, which I actually believe were in the ancient Hebrew religion, which I believe has to do with cosmic dualism. And so um, if you didn't understand any of these things and you were introduced to this, you would say, well, this has to do with Freemasonry. Let's take yeah. an example, okay? Look at Solomon's Temple. Is it true or is it not true that it has to do with these twin pillars? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course it does. Well, now, what people do is they say, well, you know, the Freemasons got it from, uh, free, uh, you know, the Hebrew religion or something like that. Well, <laughs> There's some truth in that. But what if it's um, something that's going back that far and they're just taking it and taking it off in a different uh, direction? I think that they... See, there was a <clears throat> there was a stream of information, like an esoteric stream, that extended back to uh, the pre-cataclysmic knowledge base. It carried over beyond the cataclysm. Now, if you don't want to believe in the cataclysm, that's fine. It carried on through the uh, the medieval age where knowledge was clearly suppressed. Clearly was. Because they took our Bible away from us, and people spoke, spoke Aramaic, and they changed it to Latin, and they made everybody illiterate. I mean, they were suppressing knowledge. Everybody agrees about this. So you don't need a cataclysm. Just go with that, okay? So through that era, whether there was cataclysm or not, there was an esoteric stream of knowledge 
And what they were doing is they were communicating through what's called the language of symbolism. And the reason is is because um, the Roman Catholic Church was going around slaughtering people. You, you couldn't write books because, you know, the printing press had already been created. This was going on before the printing press. But after the printing press was created, you couldn't go out and write books about this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, the percentages were a lot higher that you would survive if you communicated through symbols that only a few could understand. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. th- this theory is is that... Um, what the Illuminati does is they, they let's say that you start an in- institution, okay, uh, that's a threat to them. What they will do is they will uh, infiltrate that, inf- that that institution because it's a threat, and and make it into their own institution. And once you understand that basic simple principle, then to go well, well they're always going to do that. Yeah. Anything yeah. that's a significant threat creates desire at their end to destroy it. Now, their, their number one method of, of destroying something, if they're not going to use genocide, this is interesting. If they're not... Oh, my God. Sorry. If they're I'm not sorry. going to use genocide, okay, they use the opposite method, which is like guerrilla warfare. You infiltrate secretly. See, at one extreme, they come out with guns blaring and swords and just destroy everybody. Even use old bio-warfare, spread disease. Just wipe them out, okay? The other method is, well, we're not going to wipe them out. We're going to secretly infiltrate and gain control over time and, and also dilute everything and then make it make it our own. It'll become ours. And they won't even know what we're doing. And that's what they did with that, I believe. And so it, this theory is is that Freemasonry actually grew out of their usurping of this esoteric stream, and they actually took over these symbols, which they had too, and kind of made the whole thing their own. Hey, Nathan? Yeah. What's all that sound in the background? What's happening when uh-huh. you're doing that? Well... <clears throat> I, I got to get home. I live an hour away from work, so uh-huh. I got to drop this trailer. So I'm kind of trying to work quietly and let you talk. Okay, so you're you're working. Yeah. Okay. Almost you know done. what you should do is when you do that, you should mute your phone. Okay. Yeah. Tell me how to do it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> 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 but it, it would improve the, the quality of the sound if he could do that somehow. Okay. Well, if you can find out, I will do it. Well, I could I could mute you. You could tell yeah, me that you're going to make you. some sound. Or gonna well, do for some the work. next, if if you want to talk for the next five minutes, I'll just hustle and get done and get in my car, and I'll have another hour before I get home. Well, actually, I kind of talked myself out. I don't know what to say there. Um, <laughs> I could be wrong, but. Uh, well, I'm not done talking, Dave. I got a bunch of questions for you, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> Um, Johnny? Yeah, I'm right here. Can you help me fill up five minutes? I'll mute him. I tell you what. Oh. Are you able to say anything in the chat, uh, Nathan? 
I didn't know there was a chat room. How do we know that uh, that you're ready to come back, Nathan? Uh, I can I can call your your cell number. Or... Yeah, you can call call my phone. Okay, I'll I'll switch right. over. Yeah, I'll just I'll just call your phone here in like five. Maybe maybe make it ten minutes, and I'll just hustle and get my car, and I'll be back on the road. Okay. I know you can do ten minutes a day. Mhm. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Okay. Aren't you tired, Johnny? Yeah, I'm yawning. What time is it in de- Johnny's a dedicated cult follower. Are you a dedicated follower? Five thirty AM. Five thirty in the morning. Do you have to go to yeah. work today? No. Oh okay. <laughs> Well we gotta work on some audio, you know, um <laughs> we haven't put any audio up in like two weeks. I've been distracted yeah. with uh, what we'll call it intellectual thing. Because, see, I still, um, I'm still researching. Sometimes when people listen to me talk, it's like, uh, you know, Dave doesn't do research anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's not true. I got all kinds of well, things rolling in my, in my head. Nothing and this, happened. On the yeah, forest, this, this, you know. this new uh, this new middle view that I have on the uh, on the on the Torah, you know, the Torah is not binding upon anybody. Oh, okay. Uh, but the more knowledge that you have, it kind of presses down upon you that you know you should be doing these things, even though it's not required. In in the first century, according to what we know. Only the so-called Jews were supposed to keep the Torah. These were Christians, you know. Christians don't understand this because they think the law was all done away with. But see, um, you know, Paul was writing obviously primarily to what we call Gentiles, you know. And uh, but they were non-Torah observant. Everybody agrees on that. They didn't have to keep the law of Moses. And people would say, well, of course they didn't have to keep the law of Moses. Well, if you look at the uh, the council there in Acts 15, that was to determine whether this, the quote-unquote Gentiles were supposed to keep the law of Moses, and it was determined that they were not, they didn't have to do that. What about the other people? <laughs> because they kept right on observing it. Nobody wants to talk about that. You know? And so you had um, two different groups of Christians. Those were that were keeping the law, and uh, those that weren't, and the group that didn't got larger and larger, and the other group got smaller and smaller. And so when Paul is writing, he's writing to uh, a non-Torah observant audience. This explains why he speaks about the law the way that he does, you see. And then uh, James speaks very highly of it, but everybody agrees that James is writing to Jewish Christians. Everybody agrees on that, you know what I mean? He talks about the royal law. See, when he talks about the, you know, the law, what is that? It's the law of Moses. You know what I mean? And he's saying all these good things about it, you know? <clears throat> and uh 
Paul was keeping the law as well, even though he focused on the negative aspects, because he was not trying to make it attractive to a non-Torah observant audience. And you can look at uh, Timothy himself, because entry into the law of Moses had to do with uh, circumcision. And Timothy didn't get circumcised. You know what I mean? So obviously Paul was not exhorting him to do that. So we could conclude that he probably wasn't doing that with anybody else either. But you could, if you, it's interesting that you could you could keep the law of Moses if you wanted to. You know what I mean? And it's not something you're going to learn overnight. But uh, now we got a beeping phone. So this is a problem. Um, I'm I'm wondering maybe we should just wrap it up and just when he calls back, just tell him I got the beeping phone. We got enough problems here to visit all this noise and everything. Well, he's well, he a lot of questions. I, I'm not interested in doing podcasts with a beeping phone. That's like one too many things wrong. So I think I'm going to wrap it up, Johnny. Hey. Somebody send me some money, and I'll get a a better battery. Um, you know, Java Ring was talking about. Um, <clears throat> that shows you how limited we are around here. Um, he, he thinks that you can turn off this beeping sound, you know, the warning. But I look. I I have a PDF file on it, and I looked all the way through it, and I didn't see anything. So it looks to me like you can't do it on this phone. But that's a great idea if you could, you know what I mean? But it's kind of an irritant. I've listened to it some, a couple podcasts, and it's, it's too loud. So, yeah, send me some money. <laughs> phone battery doesn't cost that much. <clears throat> I struggle to pay the rent every month. Have much left over. Well, I'm going to let you go, Johnny. You there? All right, Dave. Thank you for sh- supporting this show, and thank you for Java Ring for supporting this show. Hope he doesn't mind me saying that. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to shut it down. Thanks a lot. Okay. Good night. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.